Are we living the most real life possible? I ask myself this question all the time. Most of the time, the answer is, I just don't know. Sometimes the answer is, definitely not. This is why I have this podcast. I'm Matt Bodker, and welcome to the show. Before we get started, just three small things. First, please, please leave a review where all reviews are accepted, like Apple Podcasts. It's the main way by which this podcast gets into the hands of other people. Second, please consider supporting Living the Real through a small recurring donation at patreon.com slash LTR or a one-time donation through Venmo or PayPal, all in the show notes. Third and last, please visit livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter where you'll get updates on future resources like upcoming blogs, YouTube channels, guest appearances, and exclusive content on my Living the Real method. Okay, on with the show. And welcome to episode 13 of Living the Real. I'm Matt Botker. I'm excited to bring this episode to you because I want to talk to you about friction. Man, friction sucks. I remember when I was in college, I had to take a physics class. Now, I say that as if I was like, didn't want to do it. I actually was totally obsessed with the idea of physics. And then I took the class and that totally burst every bubble in my entire life. It's like those people who want to be going to like med school and they're like, ah, oh, I want to become a doctor. And then they have their first, like, I don't know, biology class. It's so intense. It's med, it's meant to weed out all of the med students who can't quite be med students. And I think that was me with physics. I got my degree in computer science, but I had to take some science classes to make me well-rounded. I took physics and I learned nothing probably because of me, not the professor, but there was one thing I learned and it's really appropriate for this episode. And this is the concept of the friction coefficient. So what I learned about this, I learned that when an object stands still, and I think we've all experienced this on a day-to-day basis, it just we're just giving names to things, that it's hard to get it to move, to slide on the ground, like that initial inertia that you need to push it. But then once it gives way and it begins to slide on the ground, it's easier to continue moving. And so there's a separate friction coefficient that depends on what you do. You can lower it or raise it depending on how you, what the material is. And so this just like grabbed hold of me for years in thinking about my life and everything through this like friction coefficient of like, what, what are those things that I'm just pushing and I can't get any leverage on? And how do I lower that coefficient so that when I do move this thing in my life, whatever it is, this pain point in my life, I can do it with greater ease. And that's what today is all about. How do we deal with the friction points in our life and do it in such a way that we actually can do it with greater ease, live a frictionless life. Now I know in reality, that's not going to be the case, but we can aim towards that. And I've got some great tips on how I have been able to reduce the friction in parts of my life. And I want to share it with you because a lot of times we look at our things in our life, our circumstances, and we say, man, that is insurmountable. I just can't do it. There's no way. But what is that it? That it that thing that, that you call insurmountable is really not the insurmountable thing. It's the context. It's the environment. It's the way you're looking at it that's making it insurmountable, right? How do I know this? Well, it's obvious because there are times in my life, and I guarantee in your life, where there was something, that it, that was insurmountable. That was just, I just can't do it. And then days, weeks, maybe months later, all of a sudden it becomes accessible. All of a sudden it becomes in the realm of the possible. Yet at the same time, that it was the same, is the same thing. It's just as big. It's just as near. It's just as long and tedious. Nonetheless, it's now something you can actually grab hold of. Why? Because something happened by which you gained greater clarity. Something happened by which 
increased your specificity on what you needed to do to overcome it. And for some reason in your life, or you just willed it, you increased your focus. Clarity, specificity, and focus. These are the things that make anything that is, quote, insurmountable, being able to overcome. To just knock down that barrier in front of you, to bring healing into your relationship, whatever it is, these are the three three things you need. So for those of you, this might be your first time listening to Living the Real. I'm all about this. How do we live the most real life possible? And when we see things that are insurmountable, that is not real. We need to name a spade a spade so that we can actually determine how we're going to do something in our own lives and achieve a success for ourselves and fulfillment for ourselves. Generally speaking, I have this framework called the 3M Framework. For those of you who haven't heard this before, it's all about the three, what I call the main areas of your life by which if you do not attend to these three things regularly, and this is, doesn't matter whether you're an individual or a business, if you do not attend to these three things regularly, you will atrophy and you will not find fulfillment. And I guarantee you, you will not find long-term success as a business. What are these three things? They're M's, margin, momentum, and maintenance. Margin, momentum, and maintenance. And I have a whole sub-framework to deal with these each individual things to help you gain the margin you need, the momentum to move the needle forward in your life, and to be able to take care of all the nitty-gritty of your life in a well-ordered way, and to have fulfillment, right? The most important thing you can possibly have. So another thing I want to draw your attention to is the fact that it has three M's. I love this idea of alliteration. I have it all over on my Living the Real website, if you can see it. And once again, today, it's the same thing. I'm going to talk just for about five or 10 minutes about the six D's, right? To be able to have a frictionless life. And that's it. Here's my tips for you. If you're finding friction, the first thing you do is you need to schedule a two-hour block to deal with it. Just deal with it. Don't allow it to just sit there and marinate, right? That's not going to do any good for you. You got to deal with it right away. Carve out some time. You can do this two hours. It might take more. More than likely, it'll take less. Two solid hours by which you can address this issue. How do you do it? The first thing you do is the first D is you dump, right? You don't dump it. You got to engage it. You dump. You dump everything you can about this issue. Whatever needs to be done, you just dump. Free association, no restrictions. How I do this is I use a a mind map. And in a few moments, I'll tell you how you can learn more about how I deal with this stuff. So I have a mind map and I love it because I don't want to be restricted by a linear method, like an outline form. I don't like that because when I'm trying to dump everything and just allow my mind to just wander, what are all the things that are overwhelming me? If I'm in this kind of linear system, like an outliner, I'm forced to like, what's the next thing I'm, 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 that's, that's causing me friction. What's the next thing instead of just allowing my mind to wander naturally into all the places by which I'm having pain. And so a mind map, easily and freely allows you to be able to uh, engage that part of your mind. So get a mind map and I mind map and I just dump for about a half hour, let everything just, and I don't put any restrictions. I don't need to fine tune it at this point in time. Second D, after I dump, I divide. What do I mean by divide? So I still have that mind map and I have all these little quote nodes of just craziness, right? And I begin to dump what I call and just big categories, general categories that are kind of frameworks of areas that I need to work on, right? For example, one, I'm, I'm launching a coaching program and I'll probably return to this in just a few moments, but 
I was getting so overwhelmed by, I was, I was moving from the technology side of my coaching program, like all the things I need for technology. And then there's the people side. And I kept going back and forth and feeling overwhelmed instead of just dealing with those as separate entities and focusing on one and then another. So put those in those categories. Once you divide and have a good division of categories, now you need to do the third D, dissect. So you have to dissect. What does this mean? This is where you become specific and clear, right? There, if you have something on your to-do list, maybe the friction point is do your taxes, which sucks, right? Maybe you haven't done it in a few years, which is not a good idea. Like, do your taxes. And it's do taxes, right? That has no clarity. What, what do you mean by do? Like, I have, do, I, do I get an attorney because I'm being sued? I, I, I have no idea what do means. And I'll, now I have to do mental gymnastics to figure out what I'm going to do. For example, if you had two things, do taxes and then take the trash out, which one are you going to do if you have to, one, if you have to choose one of them? You're going to take the trash out. Why? Because it is specific and it's clear and it requires no overhead. You know exactly what to do. So this is where you have to decide, dissect every single thing to its most specific one-step process, right? So instead of do taxes, it might be scan receipts in my shoebox and put it in the 2020 receipt Dropbox folder, right? That's specific and that's clear, right? I know exactly where their seats are. They're in a shoebox because if you don't know where they're at, then that's not the first action. The first action is find your stupid receipts, wander around to the house, go through all your cupboards and your drawers and put them in the shoebox. And then tomorrow you can deal with scanning them. Does it make sense? You have to dissect this down because if you don't, you're going to create an uneven playing field. And that's not a good idea because what naturally gains specificity and clarity are the dumb things in your life. Like get dog food and pick up some milk. That's just inherently specific. But the big things like be successful, become a movie star or, or whatever it may be, or become an entrepreneur or become the best husband or wife, those are important things that stay in abstraction. And then when you have to decide whether you're going to do that one or take out the trash, you're going to take out the trash. And that sucks because it's not the most important thing. So you got to dissect, spend the time, everything down to its very next action. No more than one action. Okay, dump, divide, dissect. Now it's time to decide, right? How do you decide? Now this goes from clearly the mind map and now your personal trusted task management system. So this is where you put everything in to that task management system to govern and decide what you're going to do. So you have all the groups in, maybe you have one project sorted by different kind of groups and then you decide, which group am I going to go after? This was the problem with me about, about a week or two ago. Even a few days ago, I was waking up early in the morning and almost feeling anxiety to go downstairs and start working because I kept competing between technology and people and it felt too large. I'm like, forget this, Matt. You're not even doing your own thing. Pick one group and be focused on it. And then, of course, I had the other problems. I've been so kind of crazy lately that the next actions weren't clear and they weren't specific. And so it gave me another round of anxiety. So then I knew right away, okay, Matt, time to carve out an hour of your day and now reorganize these things. Get this stuff clear, specific, so that when you wake up in the morning, you don't have anxiety, but you have confidence. You're ready to rock. And that's what I had to do. Decide which chunk you're going to do. And then the rest, you have to defer out, right? So this is now, we have dump one, divide two, dissect three, the big one, decide four, five is defer. This means everything else 
You don't just throw away. You've got to find a repository to keep this good gold present. So when you're done with that group, you can immediately move to the next group and it's right there in front of you. I have a very specific task management system. And I'm saying if you ever do anything in your life with around task management, if you want to know, organize your to-dos, know what's what's available, what you need to do for the day so you don't have to sit there wondering around what you need to do, you need a good one. And how my first most important litmus test is that the this system, whatever you choose, must have a discriminating factor between a due date and a defer or a start date. You need those two separate pieces of information available to you for every single task. Most systems only have due dates and it just causes havoc in your life. Don't do that. Don't cause that problem in your life because what you're going to do is you're going to use that due date little thing to tell you, well, I want to work on this tomorrow, so I'll set the due date tomorrow so I'm reminded. That is really cute. But here's the problem. You're going to have a a, a muddy mix of, of real due dates and fake due dates. And so the fake due dates are going to mix in with the real due dates, and then you're going to get burnt because you're going to start realizing that, oh, I don't really care about due dates because they're really just suggestions for 98% of the things I do. And that other 2% that is like real strong due dates are going to be sacrificed. You're going to get in trouble. So whatever system you obtain, make sure it has that separation. You're going to find so much more benefit from that. So defer all that stuff out, whether by time when you're going to start that in the next month or just put it someplace where it's available in a project to knock it out next. And finally, you just got to do it. Six, you do it every single morning. If you really did do these things, you dumped, you divided, you dissect. Now, granted, you have to review these things every week. And I have a whole system for this, how you do this. If you're doing this and deciding and then deferring these things, you have a good system in place. Now you can wake up in the morning and get going. You know exactly what you're going to do. The next smallest thing, and this is what I'm going to end on this, do it snowball style. Start small. I have not exercised in a long time. Going and training for a marathon is ridiculously stupid. What I need to do is I need to start small. I need to start my first goal My next action for tomorrow morning is simply to put my running shoes on. That's it. No more, no less. That's what I need so that I can rev up to something, right? I am reducing that friction coefficient, right? Training for a marathon, that friction coefficient is high as H-E double hockey sticks. But if I can reduce it to put on my running shoes, I can do that. I may be working in the morning and having coffee with my running shoes on, but I knocked my goal out of the park. And I'll take one step, 1% better every day. If you do this, you're going to live a frictionless life. It's the sense of overwhelm because you don't take them out of your day to spend two flipping hours just working through that problem by dumping. And, And I segment this stuff out. Do not blur these. Just dump and dump and dump. Then divide. Then dissect. Then decide which group. Then defer all the other crap and just do it. One thing at a time. You got this. And so if you go to my website, livingthereal.com slash frictionless, livingthereal.com slash frictionless, I will tell you what I use to do this. It's some awesome tools of five, six, seven different things. I can tell you what I do and briefly how I use it. And I hope it'll help you as well to live a more frictionless life. Okay. I hope you have a great week. It has a lot less friction in it. And I will see you next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Living the Real. If you want to check out more information, go to livingthereal.com and sign up for my newsletter. If you want to support this podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash LTR, as well as one-time payments at Venmo and PayPal in the show notes. See you all next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Before you head off, I just have one small favor to ask of you. If there's anybody in your life that you can think of, two people that might really could use this Living the Real podcast, would you share it with them this week? I'd greatly appreciate it. Somebody in your life like, man, they could just use a deeper perspective, right? Maybe a calling to a bigger purpose, or maybe they just need a better plan in their life. Share with them. Give them the hope that they need to be able to get out of whatever they need to get into, to be inspired to do something great. So if you can think of two people in your life right now who could use a little bit more of a realness in their week, please share it with them. Take care. Bye-bye.